Hi everyone out there. Um, I wanted to start out this episode by giving a little introduction. Um, I had the privilege of speaking with a woman um, by the name of Trish, uh, Trish Valleys, and she reached out to me through my email address um, after listening to the podcast um, and felt that she um, could add some to the podcast. She's looking at starting up her own podcast, dealing with um, her own story and other people's stories and possibly having um, support groups. Um, she's written a book. Um, she's in the process of, of doing that and finalizing that um, as well. Um, I'm really excited to um, bring this uh, podcast episode to you and be able to tell her story. Uh, so without any further um, hesitation, <laughs> without any further ado, um, I will go ahead and start my conversation with Trish Valleys. Um, so, I mean, I don't... I'm, I've been flying by the seat of my pants with this whole thing. <laughs> you know? Oh, good. I mean, I so kinda... you can train me how to fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of, I, I feel like when I do my podcast, it's just kind of talking, you know? So I'm right. just kind of, it's like I would be talking to a friend. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't you know, obviously I'm not a psychologist or anything else. So um, anything mm. anybody else can bring to the table. I mean, I, I would just be curious really to, start with the beginning of your story yeah yeah so yeah um yeah I, uh, well I the start of my story really was sort of towards the end of the relationship of the man I was married to um yeah. it was my second marriage I I my first marriage was a man much older than myself and um whose first wife had unfortunately died um, and he had two girls. So I've got two grown up daughters um, and we had, we had an amazing time. Uh, lovely. Um, and then I decided I wanted children of my own and, um, but his health had failed. So we did part company and then unfortunately he, he sort of died. Mm. sort of he actually died um a couple of years later he didn't sort of do it he did it um so I think my first experience of marriage was a really good one but by that time I was sort of in my mid-30s and the the body clock was ticking and I he sort of brought me around to this idea that children were fantastic and families were fantastic so um I think maybe I headed into the next relationship in a bit of a hurry because I was thinking, well, I want my children, I want children, I want children. And also through this rose-coloured spectacles of having had one great relationship where everything right. was just perfect. Well, it was just great. We had, well, obviously we had bad times, but most of it of was good times. But like normal, healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> healthy. And, you know, I firmly believe because he was such a lot older than me, the, the well, I've got my two children and you need to go and get your children elsewhere was him letting me go rather than um, we, 
broke up and it was all bitter and uh, anything like that we were always the best friends my stepdaughters are still my best friend my best friends you know and I've got their children my grandchildren and a great-grandchild you know so we've still got a very close family and they've been very close with my son so I think it there was some blinkers on <laughs> right. um, yeah. when I went into the relationship and some red flags that one might normally I might normally have gone oh that's a bit it didn't yeah. it didn't occur to me it didn't occur to me that he was also in his late 30s and had never had a um, a very long-term relationship. He'd had one or two, but only sort of months type of thing and never been married. And actually sort of, that sort of stands out really in my mind nowadays, rather yeah. than somebody who's had a relationship, got some children or divorced or got some baggage going on. Um, yeah. And... But it's a very insidious thing, this narcissism, I think. And I didn't actually realise it until we were three parts of the way down the divorce route and I read some articles online, just happened to read them and think, oh, my God, this fits him exactly. It's the yeah. mode of the operandum. Because, and, and people sort of say about victims of narcissism, but... Um, I didn't ever feel a victim because I didn't right. know he was a narcissist. So I just yeah. felt everything that was going wrong was because I wasn't doing things properly or I was getting it wrong or it, it was my fault. Or And then there's this slow loss this of confidence, internal. loss of self-esteem, you know, um, yeah. And we, you know, at first everything was great and this, that, and the other. And then we, you know, we went down the route of having a child, having a baby, uh, and that was lovely. And then because I'd stopped working, going out to work and meeting people, and, and then we, he wanted to move suddenly to quite an isolated area and take up farming. Mm -hmm. Um, which even his family seemed surprised at that because they had a farm. He'd lost his father some years before, but actually in that area of the UK, it was very patriarchal. So had the eldest son wanted the farm, father would have left the farm to the eldest son, um, mm. but he hadn't been left the farm. So he wanted to start again from scratch. So, But even these sorts of things didn't really lay flags for me and I said well I'm not really a farmer I'm I've been morally grown up and all the rest of it but you know it wasn't what I saw for my rest of my days because the to be fair in the UK it's it's not it's very hard work you've got to be very yeah. dedicated and doesn't yeah. produce very much and I didn't want right. us stuck in the hills of nowhere for for the rest of our lives but I said we'll have a go and for a few years but you know then we move on um so it was all that kind of stuff so you're always busy and then you've got a new baby and then I'd never been a birth you know never had my own children babies before because my stepdaughters were sort of a nine and 13 when I met my husband first husband right. so <clears throat> you're just busy and when things don't go quite right you just sort of think, oh, it's down to me or this, that, and the other. And, and you gradually drop out of your social circles and society. And because I was a little bit older mum having babies, you know, my other friends had had their babies. So you're, you, you're out of the circle, really. 
Um, and there's nobody really going, hey, hang on a minute. <laughs> you yeah. know, what's going on here? You know, are you yeah. recognizing what's happening here? Um, and, and you just sink into this pattern of life. And then, then you start sort of feeling, actually, this, this isn't quite right. I, you know, let's negotiate, let's talk about this and see what we can do to change. And then you wait to see if there's a change and then there isn't so something else happens and you go well should we go this way or should we do that and and so it was quite a long time you know well 14 or 15 years overall before it got to the point that I thought actually well it was longer than that 15 or 16 and I started saying this just isn't going to work you know yeah. we need to do something and take some action because I'm not living waiting to see what you decide we're going to do with the rest of our life um you know I was working I don't know how many hours a day because the farm wasn't making any money but of course I was trying to carry on doing some work and do, getting an extra income going and this and money just kept disappearing just kept disappearing out of the getting dumped back into the farm or like <laughs> yeah or just a, you know or then there'd be an, an instance of you know if money arrived in the bank account you know like we used to do um poultry for the christmas market and what have you and um so it would be good at christmas but i'd be exhausted because of the deliveries and all the rest of it but then in january we still got no money and, you, and you'd say well why have you taken that out of the account oh because um a few years ago it had a loan from you know another member of the family and it needed paying back and i'm thinking well where's that come from but it never occurred to me to right. question and doubt and go well, well show me the loan agreement or things right. like that so so we constantly lived in this um I, it just got worse and worse that working all the hours that God sends um, and, and never getting anywhere and, and feeling like I was wading through treacle all day long. Did it, did it seem like, you know, doing all the work, was there a lot of, was there a lot of blame cast in your direction? Absolutely. Because, like you know, he'd been in the country all his life. Well, so have I, fairly rural, but I'd be like a city slicker. And because right. I was a financial advisor prior to meeting him and this and it was like when our finances and I'd say, well, what, what's happened here is that, well, you're the financial, you're whiz kid. You've got it. You know, it was like the constant put down. And right. then he started with our son that he wasn't very bright you know think you're bright mm. think you're this that and the education isn't worth it and, and and our friends you know they're not worth it they're ripping it they're, everything was my fault always and uh, then it got very difficult to continue my work because he wouldn't turn up to I'd make appointments to go and see clients and he wouldn't turn up to look after our son and it, it just was a spiral downwards. And no matter, I've now realised and I've now read about it that actually yeah. I'll never yeah. be good enough and neither will my son ever, right. ever, ever will we be good enough. But I kept thinking, well, he has lived in the country all his life. He's been on a farm before. He's done this. And so what have I, you know, it's, it must be me. It must be me, you know. I think... Additionally, we'd had to go for IVF um, treatment um, mm. to have 
our son. And of course, that was my fault because I was old. And so I think that might have been a start of the feeling it must be something to do with me, really, you know, right. and actually the science says that it's male and female, it's the female egg, but the male sperm is a bit right. lazy and a bit, you know, yeah. um, but he was one of six children, so there clearly wasn't a problem on his side of the family, so I, I think some of it started <laughs> that way, um, and then it was just, you know, every bit of the money, this, that, and the the I just didn't matter. He would make decisions, you know, for all of us without entertaining them. But he would talk to his family about it and then make the decision. And say, so I've decided. Then that was that. And things like we would come home and he'd sold my car uh, to somebody. Or he sold, he sold my son's pet dog. Oh, my God one day when he came home from school his dog was gone oh. and I, I, it's just these kind of things that in the end and, and you you're trying to say sorry you know, it's, if you have anything to say about it then it's just you know all hell's gonna break no. loose yeah well you go out and find the money we're not doing it, it was absolutely um his his respect for anybody or, but it was behind closed doors because if anybody came, he was like, you know, uh, or if we went to the school on the rare occasions, he rocked up at the school to see anything of Penry's. He was like the perfect dad. Right. And it was me that, you know, was doing something wrong. And I suppose it just got my confidence. It just got me completely down, you know. Um, it makes you feel like you're going insane. You know. I, I did I did and then then I started getting very emotionally upset and angry about it right. and and then right. it was me I I've got mental problems you're losing it you're and, and you'd be telling me that um yep. and you know I even remember let's go for mediation well he didn't rock up to the first two meetings of mediation right. and then the third meeting I couldn't get the word in edgeways I was a bit distressed that the counsellor didn't stop him but he spent a whole hour moaning about me it was like his platform to go right. and yeah. um I the, she did say at the end of it that she said well um you've actually made it sound not like a relationship or a marriage, but more like a business deal, you know, uh, and talking in money terms. Um, and uh, so I don't think there's really much hope for your relationship. So she didn't really try. It was a bit of a t box ticking exercise, I think. But anyway, a lot of therapists don't know what to do with narcissists. With I don't think, and we, we, don't forget, this is all sort of starting 2014, 2015. Right, right. So yeah, it's coming more around now for sure. 2000, sure. yeah, because coercive control had just become a crime. It was only in 2015 yeah. in, in the UK, it, well, England and Wales, it became a crime. So I think you know, a lot of things went wrong when I tried to ask people for help, like the police, like like the mediator, like solicitors, like yeah. that 
they weren't recognizing it. it so oh, yeah. i'm trying to be kind to them i mean yeah there's still a question of equality between men and women you know right. and um which didn't happen and and that's been on the cards a lot longer than coercive control or um manipulation and a narcissist manipulate and then again well you haven't got a diagnosis <laughs> well, what else would you like to call it then call it what you like this right. is the behavior you know right. you can put whatever label you like on it this is behavior um so it just went downhill and i eventually i petitioned him for after we'd done the mediation, I petitioned him for the divorce. Um, and then all hell broke loose. Um, there was delays about, well, our son was coming to a, his sitting in the exam stage of his education. So it'd be better not to sell our, his home up and this, that, and the other. So I agreed to wait, you know, for nine months. So we're stuck in the house. But of course, you know, outside I set of, the boards. You were, you had agreements with them, right? Outside of oh, we agreement, and then he would, then he wouldn't follow through with it. So, right. you know, son got to his exams, right. did his exams, and I went right. Now we need to put the place on the market, sell it, and go. You know, go our separate ways. Um, then it was um, okay, but he didn't. So then I had to get legal a, a solicitor involved, petition him, and funny enough, oh. Uh, and I, I blame the solicitors. They didn't protect me on it because by that time I'm completely weary. I'm completely desperate to leave and in the best, quickest way possible. So when he says, oh, and uh, there's these assets, these assets, and of course the, the debts had been put in my name, the loans, the debts, the, we'd built our own house, but then he wouldn't allow a kitchen we wouldn't have a kitchen or a television or a bed or cooker. So I had to get those. I had to get a loan to get those to get the house finished. Because what right. what we're going to what we're going to live in otherwise, you know? <laughs> and we'd paid joint money to build the house, but then I had to right. so I'd got all the debts. Then he came with a you know a fifty thousand pound loan to his brother, which I and my solicitor never advised me to ask where's the paperwork for that and when did you make mm. that £50,000 loan? No, no, I just accepted it and I just accepted anything that he said and just so that I could leave, you know? So it right. was ended up instead yeah, of... I mean, that's that's part of it. There's There was, I mean, if I hadn't, heard, you know, gotten an attorney beforehand, I mean, mm. I was ready to give up. Like, you know, I talked mm. to my sister and my sister was like, no, don't, don't, don't give up too much because you're going to regret it. You know, they're, they're, she's going to take you for everything. You need to go through a lawyer because if, if you don't, they're just, she's going to take everything. And just yeah. because I know you want out now, <laughs> yeah. but you have to fight for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I tried, I tried my best and, oh, of course. Uh, but it is so draining. It's so terrible. And then yeah. because we were living in the same house still, I mean, oh. I, I'd moved out of the bedroom and, you know, was trying to, I put a lock on the bedroom door because, you know, so he couldn't come in, it was this, that, and the other. And then he picked the lock one night and attempted oh to rape me. I, I ran from the house. I phoned the police. Well, I didn't phone the police then. I just waited till the next morning and I slept in my car and waited till the next morning and I didn't know what to do. And I spoke to some friends and they said, 
which I can see their point of view. They said, well, the thing is, you need to report it because yeah. if that ever happened again and you pushed him away or something and he fell, hit his head and died or was injured or something, mm-hmm. but they haven't got any history of anything being reported, then yeah. you could be in a real difficult place. And I went, oh, okay. So I rang and I reported it to the police. Um, the, the like non-emergency police. Well, they took the statement over the phone and then some police rang me later that day to say, well, we really need to come to the house and interview you. I said, really? I said, I really don't think that's very safe for me for you to rock up at our house and interview me. Right. You know, I I said, I I really don't feel very safe about that because that might get more dangerous than ever. And um, so anyway, they, they interviewed me. I was sitting in my car on the side of the road somewhere in the hills and they interviewed me like that. And then they gave me a code word that if it happened again, I said, if it happened again. <laughs> yeah, let's just wait for it to happen again. We'll just I mean... wait for it to happen again. Okay, okay. But you were married to him. You were married to him as your husband. I said, it's rape. It doesn't matter who he is. It's rape. It doesn't matter if it's a woman or a man. It's it's rape. And you just think, it must be me then. I must be in the wrong. You know, because nobody is supporting me. I said to my solicitor about it because we're still on our way to court. Because after Tony, him agreeing a settlement figure, he then the day before court, phoned me from his solicitor. Oh, he said, if if you disinstruct your solicitor, I'll get my solicitor to type up the agreement and we'll both sign it. So I disinstructed my solicitor, um, got his solicitor to type up the agreement. And I said, well, look, we're due in court the next day. I've, I've done my bit. When are you going to do yours? He said, well, I'm going into that town today. I'll go into the solicitors and I'll sign the agreement. And then you don't have to go to court tomorrow. Mm. Okay. Well, he phoned me at midday and we were due in court at nine o'clock the next morning and said, oh, I've offered you, I've spoken to my solicitor. I've offered you too much. I'm not going to sign the agreement. Always something last minute. Oh, yeah, so oh. I had to I had to spend all night up going through yeah. the papers to decide what I was going to say right. in court because I am, you know, I had no legal representation by that time, yep. which I think was their just their method of doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so she sent us away and said we need this, 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 and this, because it was a farming business partnership as well there were some issues to resolve and what have you. Well, and then I started, oh, then two police turned up to collect our guns and firearms because we got uh, shotguns because on the farm, you're shooting vermin, you're shooting the foxes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They rocked up to to collect the guns, ask us to surrender them because allegations had been made. the allegations so he was absolutely fuming he was absolutely fuming and they said well what you could do is you could move out to your mother's she's got a farm you could take your some firearms to her gun cabinet go to your mother's leave the keys 
with me, I could and I could have kept my guns in the cabinet at the farm, right. yeah. which was going to be sold anyway. But he refused, so they took all our guns. You know, but he was absolutely, completely slating me in front of these two policemen. And I, well, a policeman and a policewoman who said nothing, the policewoman didn't. And as he went with the guns, the guy went and he's raving about me, my ex is, about what a bitch I am and effing and blinding. And he went, I know, sir, I, I, I understand. He said, I've been divorced twice. And I'm thinking, oh really, just chuck a bit of petrol on. You know, why not? I felt like I hadn't got a friend in the world, you know? Yeah, and so I said to myself, I, I went back, I instructed a solicitor again. They heard all the history and all this, that, and they get ready for go to court. And then I told, I rang him and said about this, the rape. And this, he said, well, I wouldn't report that to the police. Who, who was this? This is my solicitor, divorce solicitor. Oh my God. And you think... I'm going mad here. I, I do think I'm going mad here. Yeah. And then the next day, the um, I used to sleepwalk as a child. And of course, you've told your this person all your closest secrets. Well, I have over the years, yeah. you know, well, information yeah, from when you yeah. or everything. Yeah. And so he knew that as a child, I used to be a bit of a sleepwalker. See, the then the house started to be completely trashed in the mornings. Hmm. It was completely trashed. And you'd, you'd go, you've been sleepwalking again. And I was thinking, hmm. well, there's no other signs that I've been sleepwalking. There's right. no signs. So I bought myself a, you know, a, a Fitbit to track oh, sleep. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. You yeah. Have to creative because they'll just well, make you absolutely, <laughs> absolutely because I just I didn't know whether I was and you're losing it and you're this that, and I just didn't know what else to do but yeah you know the next time it happened the oh, Fitbit so said I've been sound asleep you know but it was trying to prove to him in that I I was losing it you know <sighs> so um and our son was actually, he had to be away at college um, because the, the area we were in, there's no easy transport links to get him to and from college daily. Yeah. So yeah. he was away during term time. In a way, that was easier because I didn't have to sort of hold it together and, you know, do things to what I felt to keep him you know, right. to make sure that our son was okay and not involved in it. Um, right. Yeah, but um, it was just getting more and more difficult. And then we sold, we sold the farmhouse, but not the ground. And um, not all of the ground that we owned, you know, but then he wanted the rest of the ground. He thought he'd give me enough, despite the court order saying, this is how much he's got to have. He said he'd given me enough. So he wasn't giving me any more. And he, he wanted the ground for nothing. And, you know, he started, he just got worse and worse and worse. And I think actually, since I was apart from him, once I could move out, it just got worse and worse. He stalked me. Well, I now know it's stalking. At the time, you just don't think, you know, that 
there would be he would find out where I was staying there'd be notes under the windscreen of the car you know on the windscreen of the car in the morning was stuffed in the door wedges uh, even my friends where I've stayed at times really didn't want me to stay because they felt unnerved by it because they'd arrive in the middle of the night and things like that um and he was manipulative with our son constantly you know telling who was at university by that time and uh, out of home but you constantly be telling our son you know he'd you try and use our son as the weapon um I, it was incredibly distressing um I fought as long as I could and it cost me it's cost me vast fortunes emotionally <laughs> mentally um yeah. and financially um and finally I I just said you know uh, and the solicitors will lead you along the path um uh -oh. endlessly of the meeting pause real quick okay um we're running out of time apparently we have a a 40 minute time limit on this meeting which oh, i was gosh. not aware of oh sorry uh, oh and i've talked no, all no, the no, while no. not giving no, you that's fine yeah You're telling me the story there's so much to go over you can't you can't summarize this stuff up and no. you know <laughs> no i'm wondering if we can um should we schedule another yeah well and can we schedule another one another day uh, as well or do you part two or we've oh wait a minute like it says running out of time we've removed the 40 minute time limit on your group meeting oh oh, oh there okay. we go Good. <laughs> well sorry to interject on the end. no no that's all right <laughs> that's okay yeah well <laughs> yeah and i think then it it sort of it finally and it was seven years it, so it's seven years now um since I first petitioned for the divorce. Um, but last November, he finally agreed that any money that the solicitors had led us up the path, go to court, go to court, go to court. And so I got my case, I got everything ready because he um, then imagine we, I forced a sale of the, of the ground. Um, he wanted to be the preferred purchaser. I allowed him to be that. But when it came to the matching the highest bidder, he wouldn't. Uh, so it went to his uncle actually bought the ground. But then we had to wait for the money. Then he wouldn't sign the sale contract because he said I actually owed him money. Mm. Um, and so that it, all the money got held in court. So then we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for a court date. And of course, COVID got in the way. Um, yeah. COVID so, everything up. <laughs> you know, and the solicitors will endlessly go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they go, well, I think you should make an out-of-court settlement. And I went, really? But I need the money. <laughs> you know, I need yeah. the money. Right. <laughs> anyway. We didn't. We did make an out-of-court settlement, and all what was left of the money after all the fees has gone to our son. Um, which, of course, he wanted it conditionally that it was in trust, and he was one of the trustees. I said, no, it can only go to our son if it's unconditional. So he can do what he likes with it. He can put it on the yeah. next horse race if he wants, you know. <laughs> but it's unconditional you know right. yeah. um and he and he agreed it so it's put me in 
incredible financial straits. Um, my son has actually helped me out with the legal fees, but mm -hmm. I've still, I've now, I had bought myself a little house um, and I, you know, I didn't tell it and nobody, I was worried at one point because only one friend and my son were the only people that knew where I was. And I was thinking, well, what if he finds me and something happens? Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, they're the only two people that know where I am. Um, but anyway, um, I, I'm now put that on the market because I need money to live on while I'm, I'm building my business back up. I'm, I can't believe it all happened last November, but actually I can't believe how much drain there was going on for me. And that now I don't have to wake up every morning. Yeah. And it must have been on my mind because I feel like a different person. I do still worry that it got so bad after I'd left yeah. that I thought, well, actually, it, it feels more dangerous now. Yeah. Or maybe it's like a PTSD. I, I have oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some PTSD yeah. there and the anxiety. And yeah. I mean... I, I think it took me a really long time to come to the realization that I actually have anxiety and that, it, that there's actually PTSD associated with it. You know, yeah. even after moving out, I just didn't, yeah. I, I'm, I, I guess I'm just not really big into, maybe it's a, maybe for me, it's just a male thing and, you know, not being vulnerable and blah, 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 and brought up to like, if you fall down and skin your knee, then get up, toughen up, you know, type mentality. So yeah. maybe that's part yeah. of what's kind of, warden to me with the uh anxiety but yeah I, I mean every time I go to pick up my kids I'm I'm terrified that she's going to say something that's going to trigger it's, something it's, in me you know it's dreadful isn't it and even yeah. that thinking about it seems to trigger it for me mm -hmm. so yeah. I've I've been on the overeating over drinking over blah 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 you know and the the now I've been able to block him with everything, but because of the business side of everything, it would yeah. just like be, you'd see, you know, when you see an email drop in mm -hmm. and you see the subject line and who it is from, and I'd see wow. that and I'd start shaking. It, yep. I didn't do, I think you were in such a high level of stress when you were in it. Yeah. Once you're a little bit further from it, and then you get dragged back into it. It's like, I'd be the jitters and my therapist yeah. actually said suck lemons you know dash your face in freezing cold water mm. to get yourself now and then deal with it and I have I've, I have started really improving on it um yeah. I am I have written a journal and I have got it's on its way to being published as a book oh, good oh know? that's awesome yeah, but, uh, you know, even like revisiting it to sort of check the grammar and do some editing and I... It's draining. I just like go into a, a spin, you know? Yeah. I'm like down here instead of, yeah. you know, and, and I know I've got to do it and because I'm, some of it needs a bit of a rewrite because even if you redact mm -hmm. the names, it would be easily identifiable, really. Correct. Um, and that's, yeah, there's, there's paranoia for me with, with this podcast, you know, I mean, there's a lot of paranoia yeah. for me, uh, especially going through court as is and everything else, you know, yeah. trying to get my story out there, you know, and not really, 
you know, promoting it or telling any of my friends or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm just so paranoid. Well, I think that's why I really felt when you responded, because there was something in the tone of your thing that I felt, oh, you're like me, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. I just sort of felt, and that I want to do it. I want to do podcasts uh, and what have you. And I just thought, well, well, actually, if we start out there in the US and yeah. you're with me in the UK, right. you yeah. know, it's that little bit further space, but there's plenty of like minds. So there's even yeah. less chance we can be tracked down. Do you know what I mean? activity of, of this, you know, mental disorder. It's not male no. it's not female it's not necessarily just a problem in one country i'm sure there's some countries that suffer from it more than others yeah but it doesn't matter you know your age your yeah. you know like, no there doesn't seem to be a particular pattern does there they, right. they're everywhere and it and it's not necessarily the older you get though i i have noticed that it seems like yeah. you know these things just fester and fester and the older yeah. people get with this then it just kind of like starts to the mask starts to come off or Maybe as they get into serious relationships or get better at their manipulation tactics, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yeah. Sure. Or, or is it when something starts to go wrong and and because you're clearly an empath yourself, right, right. You know, and when they when their envy gets to a point that they can't be like you, right. You know, does it start? Does their mask start slipping then? Does it start falling apart with that? Yeah. Because I don't, you know, although you have a tainted sort of memory, don't you? I don't remember. I didn't see the warning signs, but I don't know that they were necessarily yeah. that much of a red flag at that point in time, you know? Right. Yeah. I, because I don't recall, he never, it just has escalated. Never before. So how are, how are you supposed I've to never. know the warning signs if you hadn't been educated on it in the no. past? You just yeah. think it's a different person with their own personality yeah. and that's just who they are, you know? Yes, yes. And and you sort of think, oh, well, you know, a little bit of their history and you think, well, oh, that could be a reason why he does that, you know? I, one thing that distresses yeah. me is I've told my son endless times, he's going, dad doesn't love me. Mm. And I've endlessly said to him, no, he does he does you know uh, he absolutely does he just doesn't know how to show it or doesn't show it the same as I show it and a lot yeah. of us do and actually I then read something about you know we spend all our t we tell our children that an abuser does love them and then we try to tell a teenager that abuse is wrong <laughs> I, I do think oh my yeah. god what have I done you know I've I actually know just given the draft i a couple of weeks ago i did give the draft to my son that was my read. question i was curious as to i mean because of the age of your son versus the age of my sons okay I was curious to know how that's working out you know like how's he feeling about his father how is he feeling towards you um is he yeah. starting to recognize now at this point i think he happening? has for a while and we've talked this for a while and i introduced the subject of a narcissist to him last year mm. um and i've i've written to him several times i've written letters i've always done it when on his birthday and christmas anyway uh, yeah. memories and things uh, and I've written several things because I didn't write anything at first I didn't want him in the middle and then I realized right. that because I hadn't said anything 
he was in the middle because he was trying to defend his mum but I didn't need defending but he didn't know whether I needed defending so I did give him some information just for fact you know a year and a half ago um so he got some facts and I said this is not to argue with your dad with but it's just to let you know so that you know what went on before you were born and you know financially what what the state of play was so that you know that your mum doesn't need defending it's okay and I I want you to walk with me because you love me and and we love each other and we want a relationship together not because you want to protect me you know it's right um so I've already written that to him um and then I I did give him the book and then I did drink a lot of whiskey for a couple of weeks (laughs) <laughs> it's always a way out isn't it um yeah, i mean sometimes you gotta sleep you know <laughs> I think I, yeah but i think i need i buy shares in paracetamol or something for hangovers oh, um <laughs> but actually he i can't tell you his exact words but he phoned me the one night and said he'd finished the book and um he gave me some really good feedback on a couple of things, how to rearrange and, you know, what my audience might feel, you know. And, um, but he, he said, Mum, I... strictly business. Yeah, he's like, no, <laughs> he said, Mum, I am so proud of you. I'm so yeah. in awe of how brave and how resilient you are and and everything that you've done and, yeah. and how you've kept it going. And, you know, I only wish I'd done more to protect you you know I realized I should have I said me you're my son yeah the parent protects the child you don't have to do you know but I and it wasn't to make you feel anything like that it was for you to understand that this is coming it's going to be redacted but I'm you know this is my story but he's been fabulous he's been absolutely fabulous since he phoned me yesterday to say that he'd got um another job and it's really good in covid and yeah. he's paying twice as much and blah 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 and That's that great. he's and I was so proud I said I'm so proud and, and you've done so well and worked so hard um and I said, uh, have you told the family? What about your dad? So, what's your dad say? He said, I haven't told him. I said, oh. Um, I said, oh. And he said, well, it's not the same. It's not important to him. It, and it's nothing to him, yeah. me. But yeah. you are everything to me. I was like, ooh. You know, <laughs> I, I, I can't remember all his exact words. I just know that they absolute glow. So yeah. I can only say to you, it is fright is scary it's really scary um and are your children still at home or what sort of age are your children um well my youngest is six and my eldest is about to be 13 so Mm. and we're dealing with a lot of isolation not only because of covid but because you know early early on in their you know school life she convinced me that you know we need to homeschool Oh no! Which, knowing from a you know, knowing a narcissist, you know, of course, of course, yeah, of it, but you know, isolation, isolation, control, control, control. You know, um, they do have co-ops that they're involved with, but she's got a very um, firm grip over the other parents that go there. To one of them, I was able to kind of gain 
access to one day before COVID happened for the, for the other homeschool day. Um, when everything started to fall apart, it was amazing how many parents came out of the woodworks, you know, to be like, oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. I never really, you know, I noticed the way she talked to you. I noticed this, I noticed that, you know, I've had homeschool moms, homeschool dads, you know, um, you know, like mm-hmm. I never thought that it was right. The way that she treated you, I never, you know, there were times and they would bring up stuff that I did totally forgot because there's so many yeah. different things, you know, they just kind of yeah. pick and poke and make fun of you in front of others and well, everything it's, else. It's and, just an endless thing, isn't it? Yeah, an endless yeah. thing for you. Yeah. But uh, I mean, right now through the courts, one of the big things is um, I'm trying to push to get them back in a public oh. school. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of the big battle right now and going between. And so now I have to interact with her on the two days that I have the kids on schooling and she's been really difficult on curriculum and getting the curriculum to me properly and everything else. And, um, you know, I've had to pull every single time I have to pull the subjects out of her. What did they do? What did they learn? Where are they at? She refused to give me their curriculum books. Come to find out she didn't have any actual workbooks. Everything's online, but she didn't want to tell me that. She just kept saying, I have a multitude of curriculum, but not giving me any details, a multitude, a multitude, a multitude. Um, so then, you know, my partner actually went to the store and bought books for them so that we could have actual handwriting notebooks um, for them and workbooks and stuff like yeah. that. Oh, man, it's just been it's been hell. And now the judge said, OK, well, while we're doing the homeschool until we figure out what's going on, you pay 75 percent of whatever classes she pays, 25 percent. As soon as that judgment went down, she spent. on classes and new workbooks and all these unnecessary things. Um, Even though I had just purchased workbooks um, that she refuses to take. So there's no cohesive, you know, she wants control over it. But at the same time, she could be shooting herself in the foot because I am communicating with my lawyer. I am communicating with yeah oh it's a mess it's a mess so how how is the legal system with you how long have you been apart now um we separated back in 2018 oh okay yeah so um i mean i was sleeping in the basement for two years you know before i finally made my exit I feel like, you know, I was on the couch for a while then i was on the basement but we hadn't shared a bedroom for you know since 20 17 2016 probably you know so I was still you know we were we were slowly slowly you know just drifting apart and it just it just was awful so and and you try to do things to make it right for your kids don't you I think that's that's another thing what what is the right thing to do or not the right thing to do for the kids and they they make you feel that whatever you do is not the right thing you know correct yeah. 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 I mean, she's she's completely beside herself that I am even considering public school at this point. So. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, does the how does the system work? Is your solicitor well versed in dealing with um, uh, narcissism and like and with these cases kind of, and yeah. Um, the man that I originally talked to, he's kind of the, um, his name's on the, the firm, basically, you know, he's, he's one of the high end lawyers and he's been around for years. Right. I actually handled his 
accounts for my company. Um, and that's how I met him. You know, he had some, you know, some of his company's businesses were had dealings with ours. And so I handled his business account. And then at some point, the light bulb just kind of switched on. It's like, oh, why don't I call him? You know, so I called yeah. him. Um, but his rates are just skyrocket. Yeah. You know, four, yeah. $450, $500 an hour. Yeah. Um, you know, so clearly I can't afford that. So he kind of, you know, started with me um, and then passed it off to one of his junior associates basically yeah. to kind of handle um, and his, and the, the man I know, his, he's a, he's a killer. Yeah. <laughs> he's dealt with, he's dealt with a lot of high count conflict cases. He knows exactly how to handle them. Short, simple, direct, let's do this. Yeah. Um, you know, not taking no for an answer. Um, yeah. so the guy that is my, I guess, lawyer now is, um, he's very robotic, <laughs> <laughs> which is mm. good and bad in a way because um, he's not fooling me. He's not, you know, trying to make me feel like we're best friends and waste my time and waste his time. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, part of me just doesn't know if he actually gets it, like what I'm actually going through. I think he sees it and I think he's like, yeah, I can see why you're frustrated, but um, you know, it is, it is getting to a point sometimes to where it's like, I'll make a, point to be like we need to work on this part of the case or that part of the case and he's just kind of like oh okay 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 and then nothing's ever done and then I'm like yeah. wait what <laughs> so it's it's difficult yeah. but there is a lot of communication I mean oh it's hard <laughs> yeah yeah I know and and I think one friend did say to me don't forget that lawyer well certainly in the, we're talking in the uk but i'm sure it might be the world over you know don't forget their salesmen they're selling you mm -hmm. their services exactly. so once again but because we're in the position that we're we've lost our sort of self-confidence really and our uh, and our belief in our ability to be able to right. do stuff we think we need them yeah. um and had it gone to court, I had already decided, although I hadn't informed my solicitor, that actually I wouldn't be taking a barrister and I wouldn't be taking a solicitor. I'd go and act in person. I'd decided yeah. I could do it and I could tell my story best, you know. Um, I, and I think she was right in a lot of ways. I just wish I'd met her further back along the road, you know, and, and, yeah. and sort of thought, actually I'll deal with it myself but I don't know the rules in in the states you know yeah. about trying to get this you know and um do you ever get continual custody of the children or you just have to um, right now it's still kind of nothing's been fully ordered by the George the the judge so right now the order is you know we're kind of a joint custody right now um okay. you know I have two days because I do work full-time um, yeah. I have two days. I, and then we, I mean, even, even pickup drop off time was a battle that went back and forth with amendments for, um, you know, if I was going to be 20 minutes late for pickup, then I wasn't going to be able to see them and she would keep them for the two days. But I've consistently been on time yeah. all the time. That's a really yeah. big deal for me. Um, and every time I've gone to drop off um, before we had an agreement, it was always, you know, last minute. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm running late. I'll be there in an hour. I'll be, you know, she was always an hour late, an hour late here, two hours late. 
you know, yeah. sitting in the driveway waiting for her. So yeah. I wanted the judge to be like, okay, well, if she's late, then I get to bring him back to the house and just keep him yeah. as long as I want, you know, <laughs> or something yeah. like, as long as I want, but she loses her, her visitation, yeah. her time yeah. back with the kids. But yeah. of course that was a long shot. Um, but she wanted no checks and balances. She wanted me to strike anything about her being late, you know, mm. Mm. completely. Um, so it's just been back and forth. And, and I mean, <clears throat> my son has been saying he wants more time with me. My younger son, especially saying two days just isn't enough. He wants, mm. he's like, why can't it be? three days and three days and then like drop off in the afternoon on the fourth day so that way you can split one day and have three and three you know um which is something that you know i might start discussing and and petitioning um you know before this is all said and done i i'm not i'm not sure what's gonna happen but um obviously the more time they're with me i feel like when i pick them up there's still some anxiety at pickup because they're afraid we might get in an argument. She might say something. I'm going to be mm. reactive because I really have zero fucks at this point for yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's definitely, you know, what they call the, the, the reactive abuse, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. She yeah. starts something. And at this point I have no filter. I'm just kind of yeah. like, I, I, I don't, I, I do. Um, but it's usually I'm either, completely stonewalling her and don't say anything but then she just keeps poking and keeps poking and keeps poking and keeps poking and, keeps poking and I bark and you lose it you and lose it yeah yeah and then it's a catch-22 yeah. I don't say anything she wins if I say something she wins like yeah. you know and then it's just kind of like <laughs> it's just like you will never be able to do the right thing I yeah. I know it exactly I know absolutely exactly yeah how that feels I know I just and then I used to really dislike myself because I used to lose my temper. Yeah, and then it's like, and, and be like, nah! and yes, it's so not you. It's so yeah. not you. And like, I, 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 I actually, well, that was why I contacted a therapist in, initially to over anger management because I thought, yes, I am. I'm angry all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, he did say, you know, you've had all this, you can't beat yourself up and you can't be angry because, 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 you know, all of these things, Yeah. you know, let's just, you know, be kind to yourself and, and forgive yourself these things. And um, I think until you can put distance and it's very, very difficult because my son was older, so... He couldn't quite vote with his feet, but right. but he, you know, he, he's been off to university, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he did say, "Mom, why did you stay so long? Why yeah. did you do it so long?" And I thought, I don't know. But then I did think maybe it was because I was so afraid of what would happen if I couldn't have been there. You know, if if we'd have left. earlier when he was younger you're not there they have to have the contact and because there's nothing there's nothing concrete that you could say he didn't beat beat our son he he didn't beat me in front of anybody you know physically violent in front of anybody there's no evidence i got no evidence so then you just come off sounding like a crazy person because it's like why didn't you you leave and then you're like 
oh, well, let me tell you. And then you yeah. rattle, 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 rattle. Yeah. And they're like, okay, crazy. You know, like, yeah. that's and, and, like and he's already you. put it out there with his family, with his friends, mm-hmm. with other people. That she's the one that loses her temper and she's the one that does so and so. And I'm thinking, yeah, he's I do. His tracks. Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. And but um, but I, I was losing my temper, you know, and I'm thinking, I could lose my child and I you know you're I've done work with because you're being reactive you know, know. You're, you're being reactive to the abuse and eventually yeah. you've had enough and then you just blow up and that's where they want you and then the cycle starts and then they gaslight you into believing it's that it's your just fault. like a bloody vicious circle isn't it oh, it's just it's, terrible it's, and then you sit there and question yourself and you say, am I, am I going crazy? Am I going crazy? I need to be better. I need to be a better person. I need to, you know, and then you start internalizing it and you start viewing yourself in this way. Like I need to take on more responsibility. Maybe I, I'm not, maybe I'm not really, you know, maybe I'm casting the blame in the wrong spot. Like, and then you just, Oh my God, it wasn't until I started talking to, to you know, my sister really, like I just bawled, you know, like yeah. when I finally told her everything that was going on. Um, yeah. I just, I just lost it. I mean, it was like, I had a nervous breakdown and she was just kind of like, it doesn't, she was like, after I said everything to her, she was like, I mean, there's a lot that surprises me, but overall it doesn't surprise me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, and that was really shocking because, you know, they, they do this, this circle of, of triangulating and isolating you from your friends, from your family. I'm sure you, you know, just this, this nitpick, this nitpick, it just this person yeah. and this person and this person and to, to where eventually you start to just, grow apart from everybody yeah and then they have you exactly where they want you and for you being isolated on a farm I mean she wanted to buy a house out in the country we just couldn't make it happen and that's a good thing um yeah (laughs) now she's out in the country so now she's homeschooling the children now she bought a house out in the country with her own flower farm so she can do her flower farm and she can't work with others so she's got to own her own business if she's going to be any kind of successful because you know she if if anybody gets too close to her then you know that relationship's not going to last she she can't have close friendships you know yeah anyway this is about about your kids friend no no it's (laughs) well i would really very much like it to be you know a two-way conversation so that we we can do another one and you can tell me your story Uh, you know i'd really like that you know um because i i think there is a connection and obviously there's a lot of similarities and you know if there's a way that i can help you from my own experiences and I suppose that's what I'm I want to do I I am really somebody that I I get a buzz helping people and I get a buzz doing things for people and and so I think the writing the book was yeah get it off my chest but also you know if somebody's looking for you know some this is this is what I did yeah uh, it might be well at least i can read that and think well i won't do that i'll do something different well, think, yeah, do you know what i mean really healthy way for people i mean because clearly a lot of people that get bamboozled especially as long as they do are because they're empathic because they want to help yeah you know because they're helpers yeah. by yes. by nature there's something inside me that gets a rush off of helping other people understand or give different perspective yeah. or just empower themselves I mean and I don't I don't think that that's wrong I think everyone wants some validation in some way or another and I think you know doing this is is therapeutic for me but it's also hopefully 
helping others, Help. even if it's just relating, even if it's just like you and I, I mean, and yes, even if, it. you know, people dip in and hear this recording or whatever yeah. you want to do with it and, and they can listen to it and go, right. oh, me too. So they can contact yeah. and, and go, yeah. oh, I'm not alone. I'm not going around the bend. This happens yeah. to other people because it, yeah. it's difficult with your friends that aren't necessarily in that relationship because you've grown apart from them. They're yeah. not necessarily in that relationship, so they can't understand. Right. And, you know, I couldn't because I think, well, I'm moderately, you know, I'm reasonably intelligent. I'm reasonably yeah. worldly wise. What on earth? Why, why did I spend so long like this? But, but I didn't you know that's why it just sort of creeps on and it's it it's so yeah. gradual i mean it's accelerated at the end because yeah. he's completely venomous because you lose you know i'd left control. you know and, and, yeah, and he's done everything then. he can to control yeah. every mortal yeah. thing to control you know um to right to the very end so the the last one was actually on my birthday he sent me a you know he still sends me something just to not a happy birthday but he signs it with a kiss oh my god you know whatever poison and i'm going to use some of them i'm going to redact them but i'm going to use one or two of them instead of illustrations in my book, I thought, yeah, I'm going to, and I've actually called my book Without Prejudice because he mm. learned that term in the courtroom, completely mm. misunderstood, misread right. it and thinks without, if you put Without Prejudice on something, you can say anything you like. So yeah. of course it's free license. So I actually thought, well, that's a good title for the that's book. So that's funny. what I'm going to call that's it. So funny. We you have uh, the there's there's a few different terms that it's like they they find these terms and then they just like roll with them because yes. it makes them feel like they sound intelligent and it's like you know the, <laughs> yeah. there's always a new oh god I'm not laughing term. I'm not laughing at your situation but I'm laughing because it's just exactly yeah mirror. I mean the yeah. the <laughs> the ex um, she always says for the highest good that's her big term for a long time, for months, like everything she did, you know, we should really work on this for the highest good, for the highest good of the children, yeah. for the highest good of our relationship. Yeah. Um, it was just always for the highest good. And it's like, yeah. who the hell are you talking to? Like, you don't talk like this. Like, and <laughs> you know, she always words things in these like very wordy, long, elaborate, confusing, gets you sidetracked over here, gets you sidetracked over there. When I just ask a simple question, you know, and it's just like, what, what's going on? Well, this needs to be discussed for the highest good. And so my, uh, my partner went online and bought a, made a shirt that says the highest good. <laughs> so she made her own custom shirt that says the highest good. Um, they're not friends on social media or anything like yeah. that. It was just kind of our own little inside, you know, yeah. <laughs> joke. But it's just something so in Well, yeah, I know he's got this expression and, and it's, um, you know, that he was the golden parent, you know, mm. uh, or, you know, he's always a golden parent and I've stolen, I've stolen the inheritance. I've stolen his farm. Yeah. Well, actually we didn't have a farm. I, we borrowed the money off my father to pay the deposit on these fields. Mm. I was the one that did the business plan and got the planning permission so we could build a house right. and build a farm. I yeah. built the customers. I sold the goods. <laughs> yeah. 
but to all to the outside person if he spoke to you you'd have thought that somewhere along the line he got this farm and i just trotted along you know and a few days later i robbed the whole lot off him (laughs) and took his son's inheritance at the same time you know yep yep so uh, and it's just like yeah you believe what shit you like mate you know yeah i mean she she's she's got her social media pages and and somehow i'm still you know able to to access them sometimes and um she blocked me on her personal one but even on her business one she she started up a gofundme account to i don't know i think i've said it on my podcast i think before but she got like three thousand dollars to get a lawyer through gofundme um you know, from people basically saying she was in an abusive relationship for so long, and now she owns a farm, and she's moved out, she's living her dream life, and she's finally getting out from, after years of abuse from this horrible man, and she's just trying to start a life with her kids, on, and now, and now the abuser is attacking me, and trying to take my kids away, and all this stuff, and <gasps> it's just like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mean, but does it surprise you? No. I mean, the, the more, I mean, I've done no. research on this, you know, I've yeah. read books on how, what to expect in a high conflict divorce, what to expect when divorcing a narcissist. Yeah. Um, even, even COVID happening and her blocking me from seeing my kids wasn't a surprise to me because they're going to use anything in the media, anything in the news, um, anything, you know, to, to, use against you especially in court and that's pretty much what she's doing luckily my judge does not give a shit so my judge is is basically yeah that's good that you know they do stay with it isn't it you know and keep the emotion out of it yeah 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 she's very she's very just cut and dry like okay there's so many papers there's so much you know everything i wrote in my initial statement she basically truth twisted everything around and it was this 35 page 91 you know questionnaire or you know 91 reasons why i'm the abuser and just basically took all the situations that actually happened and twisted them around yeah but but one of my points is like the money got held after the set it got held by the solicitors so nobody got any money because he'd made allegations Mm -hmm. i i within a fortnight of him making those allegations i had proved that they didn't exist and that well the ones that were real uh, supposed debts had been paid or you know any bills that he'd paid out of his own personal account they'd been paid to him from the farm and what have you then there was a few instances of sheep that i'd proved that they we hadn't bought them off his mother you know mm. but i'd proved we hadn't bought them because they weren't in the the field records or on the logged onto the system with the government and all the rest of it yeah but i why do i have to just why am i assumed to be guilty was my point but nobody's going well you best just answer this well why can't somebody just say you prove that she did that rather than i have to prove that i didn't do that that's true yeah prove i'm guilty you know 
if you're going to accuse what happened like that yeah if you're going to make the accusation come with the evidence because i thought we were innocent until proven guilty but i felt like the whole system is is that i've had to defend myself all the way along the line yeah because he's made an allegation and he's quite he's quite happy to lie to a judge of course anything that comes into his head they even realize they're lying no they don't they don't it's just yeah and and once they've said something that's their world that's their version of the truth and it's real yeah it might not have been what they said yesterday. Yesterday, Dangerous. they said black was white. Today, yeah. white is white. Oh, okay, yeah. but tomorrow it might be grey, you yeah. know. Yeah. And they just, but that's the truth because they just said it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and it like does frustrate me. Just so believable. Yeah. yeah. It makes it, it, I mean, they're so good at, at being convincing. It's, yeah. it's, um, I mean, I think that's part of the whole game of you starting to be paranoid and start to question your, yourself the whole time is because they're so good at it. And if you don't have records of things, if you don't, yeah. you know, keep well, some and because you're, order. Yeah, you're not like that. So you haven't yeah. gone along, you know, tracking yourself and, right. and justifying your existence and validating yourself. And they've yeah, lived in this fantasy to. world and projected this image to the world yeah. for years, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's insane. <laughs> there was a, I hate there to was, do this. Yeah, sorry. I hate to ahead. do this, but I've got to go to work shortly. Ah, um, okay. So I might I have to sort of... an hour anyway. Yeah, um, we've been just a little more than an hour. But I, you know, I have really enjoyed a chat with you and and chatting. And I would really like that we could have, you know, more time yeah. to get yeah, a, think, another um, time. You know, email me. Fantastic. Thank All you. All right. Enjoy work. Okay. Yeah, and you. <laughs> have a good time. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. That was my conversation with Trish. Um, Hopefully we'll have another one um, where we dig into um, narcissism and uh, different subjects and topics together. She does want to do another episode with me, so I think that would be great. Um, And she's looking at starting her own podcast and has invited me to be a guest on her show as well, Um, which sounds like a lot of fun. I appreciate everyone for listening. Um, If you have a story to tell and you feel um, that you have waited long enough to be able to tell your story and are wanting to be open and, you know, air that with us here on the podcast, um, feel free to email me. Um, I would love to discuss it with you and possibly bring your story to my podcast as well. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day.